Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, day two of camp now in the books, Sam, what we're going to be chatting about on today's podcast. Uh, we're going to be, like I said yesterday, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the defensive pairing so far through the first couple of days of camp. You know, what do they look like? Um, what what stood out to me? Uh, what, what are people saying? What are the Leafs saying? What are the players saying about each other? Uh, all that type of stuff. So we'll get into that. We'll talk about the goaltending situation. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the guys who are going to be entrenched in camp battles. And that group, too, that's been out there uh, who are battling for those taxi squad positions. Um, And and we'll talk about some of those camp battles. And we'll talk about, you know, what do we think is going to go into a taxi squad? Do do we want veterans who you can kind of plug and play? Or do you want that young youth that can, you know, get that good experience like a Robertson? Or are we worried that that may end up hurting their development? You know, so we'll have a, a quick conversation about that. And then uh, if we still have some time, we'll do some World Juniors Roundup. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, the Finns have just won the bronze, which means three Maple Leafs prospects uh, claim the bronze. Topi Nimala, Roni Irvin, and Amiko Kokkonen. So we'll talk a little bit about the World Juniors and the Leafs prospects and how they fared um, in a little bit. But let's get to the defenseman for the Maple Leafs in uh, this in, in camp. So, if you missed yesterday, we we did a, a deep dive and kind of picked apart and analyzed what the forward lines looked like in the early days of camp. So, if you missed yesterday's podcast, go back and make sure that you you listen to that one if you're curious to see what my thoughts were so far on the uh, Maple Leafs forward lines. And there were some interesting ones. Um, but... We are going to today take a look into the decor, and first and foremost, um, I, I think the top four looks pretty pretty much as projected. I would say you've got Morgan Riley and TJ Brody as your number one pair, and then Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall returning as your number two shutdown pair. And this is pretty much what I expected to see. You know, I, I think that TJ Brody and Morgan Riley made way too much sense, um, and, and I was always Team Riley Brody. I know there were some out there that thought maybe Brody and Muzzin could create a super shutdown pairing. But I think that, uh, you know, Morgan Riley has done more than enough to to uh, command an actually good defensive partner. And they finally went out and found him someone to play with, with t- in TJ Brody. So, and, and it looks like Brody is, is super excited to be playing with Morgan Riley as well. He's been giving him a lot of love in camp, um, saying that he, he can do it all in reference his old captain, uh, Mark Giordano. And, and I mean, Giordano is, is one of the elite defensemen in the league, has been for the better part of a decade. I mean, the guy won, what, a Norris Trophy uh, two years ago at like the age of 35. So, uh, Morgan Riley, uh, you know, a much younger version of Mark Giordano. Uh, that's that's great news if that's what he sees out of him. If we have a Geo on our hands for the next decade, that's amazing. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I like them as a, as a number one line. I think that is a top pairing that I can get behind, and I think that it's going to work. Um, 
As for the second line here of Muzzin and Hall, there were some that that thought that Hall was not going to weasel his way back onto this line with Muzzin because of how poorly he played in the playoffs, and and he he was kind of exposed as not being a top four defenseman. And I don't think that's a surprise that he's still not considered a top four defenseman, but he's going to play in the top four, <laughs> right? Like he's a top four defense. He's not a top four defense. Sorry, but. Him and Muzzin worked. I think that it can work again. It's not perfect, but we've seen a large enough sample size uh, last year where Muzzin and Hall, effective shutdown pairing. They were both willing to, you know, defensive zone starts, play the dirty minutes, uh, play against top lines, get in front of pucks. I mean, yeah, Justin Hall getting out in front of Alex Ovechkin one-timers, and that guy can really rip the puck. Um, so I, I don't mind Hall and Muzzin as the second pairing. I, I figured that's what it was going to be. There was some conversation about whether or not Bogosian uh, may be able to you know, get himself into the top four consideration alongside Muzzin or potentially Travis Dermott, who, you know, it was talked about earlier by uh, Dubas in the offseason, how they felt that Dermott needed to, or Dermott could play on the right side a little bit this year. And based off that, I think that the thought was, okay, well, he's going to have a run or an opportunity to win a role here with with Jake Muzzin on the right side or potentially on the third pairing on the right side. And then Bogosian could move up and then Hall sits there as your, your number seven. But it's looking like uh, that's that's not going to be the case, at least to start camp, where we've got Muzzin and Hall. They're going right back to old faithful, old reliable. And look, if Muzzin didn't get hurt in the playoffs, there wouldn't be this cloud over Justin Hall that he can't get it done. Like, those two worked well together. Like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Like, it's not perfect, but it can work. And I think that they can win games with them as, as an effective shutdown pair. Um, moving on to the third pairing here, and you'll notice that the name Travis Dermott does not show up. Uh, it is Miko Lettinen, the Finnish uh, UFA that they brought over from the KHL this past uh, offseason, and Zach Bogosian, a uh, hard-nosed defender uh, coming off of a Stanley Cup win with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, and they elected to go with those two over Dermott so far early in camp. Now, that's not to say that he can't win a spot and win a, a, a you know, earn himself an opportunity here onto you know the the lineup. There's also injuries that could occur, but right now it's interesting that they're they're going with Letnin and they're going with Bogosian. Um, I, we'll, let's let's start on the right side with Bogosian. I think that when it comes to righty lefty, Bogosian obviously has the upper hand on Dermot because he is a natural right handed player. Whereas Dermot, though, can play the right side, is a natural left handed player. But I think that uh, Bogosian, based off of seniority, based on the fact that they wanted to be harder to play against, they wanted to be grittier. Bogosian gives them that, whereas Dermot uh, hasn't quite. You know, been as chippy as a player as maybe you would hope for a guy who uh, you want to stick into your top four. But I think Bogosian, based on seniority, is being given the opportunity to come in and and get a third pairing uh, role. Mika Lettinen, um, look, there's not there's not a lot that we know about him just based off of you know a few viewings, I guess that you may have seen in. in you know, world championships or uh, if you watch some KHL games. But everything that I've read about him coming into the year is that he is a stud defenseman. Um, he's, well, I, not stud as in like a, a top pairing guy, but he is a quality NHL player. He can certainly play uh, on the third pair 
and possibly, uh, you know, second power play minutes and and be an effective player. Like, this is somebody who led the KHL uh, in defensive goals last year and was probably well on his way to do it this season before hopping on a bird and coming back over into Toronto uh, a couple of months ago to get himself acclimated with the team. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of Maple Leafs players and management and coaches that very unprovokedly are going out of their way to speak glowingly of Miko Lettinen. I don't know if that's their way of just trying to make him feel more comfortable because he's in a different country, um, especially with, you know, COVID going on uh, throughout the entire world in this pandemic, but uh, or the fact that he's actually impressing. Like, Bogosian came out and said that this is a, a guy who every single drill is going out there playing his ass off and working really hard, and it seems like he's having a good time, and, and he's just trying to be uh, the best player that he can be and, and really make a stamp here in the NHL. And that's great to hear as a Leafs fan, right? Like, this is someone who you picked up for free, uh, just signed him to to a one-year deal, very cheap contract. I think he signed, what, nine twenty five. Um, so this is someone who I'm I'm expecting to be a, a nice bright spot, I guess, on this blue line. Someone who we, we're going to be keeping an eye on early on. And I, I think that it's going to work out well. I, I truly do. I think that he's versatile. Um, he can play uh, on the power play, like I said. And alongside a guy like Bogosian, who could probably be more of your defensive defenseman, maybe that allows him to jump up into the rush and jump up into some play a little bit. So I think that Lettinen and Bogosian could be a worthwhile uh, pairing here, um, and I like it. But like like I said earlier, there is one name, notably, that did not show up there, and that's Travis Dermott. Um, as of now, he's on the outside looking in. And this is a young defenseman who, at times over the course of the last couple of years, Leafs fans and and everybody has kind of anointed him as a future top four defenseman in this team. And it just hasn't quite happened yet. And they've had to go out and make upgrades. You know, they went out, they got Muzzin a couple years ago. And then they went out and they got Brody and Bogosian and Lettinen. I mean, 50% of this, this D, this newly structured D, are new, right? Like Brody, Lettinen, Bogosian. They're all new guys. They went out and they completely gutted this this decor and are kind of starting up from scratch, and hopefully this works out better. And Travis Dermott, unfortunately, didn't make it into the top six. He's someone who's on the outside looking in right now. Um, can he eventually work his way up into this lineup? For sure. He is somebody who has a much higher ceiling than a guy like Justin Hall. Um, you know, Bogosian doesn't have much of a ceiling anymore, right? He's he's on the, I believe, on the wrong side of 30. And uh, Dermot, you know, still technically a, a very young player. I think he's, what, 23 years old, maybe 24. Um, still has a chance to grow into his role here with the Maple Leafs and work his way into this top six. But as of now... Outside looking in, but the thing that's good about him is that he can play both the left and the right, and will be able to fill in for anybody kind of up and down the lineup. Like if you really think about it, he's kind of a perfect seventh defenseman because you know if any of these players go down, not just one guy. Like if if somebody uh, it, like if they didn't have Dermot, let's say, and they had somebody uh, like Lilligren as their seventh defenseman. I would feel so much more confident having Dermot go up and play top-line minutes alongside Morgan Riley than I would a guy like Lilligren. I could say the same thing about Muzzin and Dermot that I can about Muzzin and Lilligren. And even here, I guess, third pair doesn't matter as much. I suppose that Lilligren could get away in sheltered third-pair minutes. But still, 
Dermott would be a much preferred option over a guy like Lilligren. And that's kind of where you bring up the depth of this team where it is now and the depth of this blue line where it is now compared to where it's been in the past where Lilligren had to actually step up and play minutes. This year, they don't have to, but you know he may get some time just to to get another an extra look at him but the way that i'm looking at it and you know later on we'll, we'll talk about these camp battles and we'll talk about you know what the taxi squad might look like but as of now i mean he's sitting there as what the 8th 9th 10th defenseman on this team so they have to go 10 d deep in order to to put Lilligren into the lineup so uh, you're hoping that the Maple Leafs can stay healthy enough where they don't have to go 10 defensemen deep to uh, to get into Lilligren. But, you know, just to get back to Dermott, uh, I think that he's somebody who certainly is a, a solid, solid player to keep around and injuries are going to occur. And Dermott, just going to plug right in wherever. Oh, Muzzin's out? All right, well, okay, we can put Dermott and Dermott's going to have to take over. Riley's out? Okay, Slide Dermot into that role. Oh, Justin Hall's out. Slide Dermot into that role. You know, so he's somebody who could play up and down the lineup on either side of the ice. And I think that is certainly very valuable to have in a seventh defenseman. Uh, as of now, Sandine still technically part of the deep pairings here alongside Dermot. Uh, I guess he has an outside shot at making the team, considering he's skating with the, the uh, group one is what they're calling them. But I wouldn't count on it. The question for him is whether or not they want to put him on the taxi squad or if they want to put him down in the AHL or send him elsewhere. And I'll discuss that a little more in the next segment. But uh, before I do, I want to tell you guys all about betonline.ag. I know we're all hockey fans here at the Locked On Lease podcast, but are we ready for some football? You got college football heading to the natty, and then there are some big matchups this weekend. Also in the NFL, the playoff picture, and the playoffs are finally here, and there is only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You put in $50 and receive $70. $5 at betonline.ag. You talk about some of the games coming up this weekend in the playoffs. You got the Browns and you got the Steelers, the Colts and the Bills. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. There's even some over-unders starting to peek out in the NHL and some futures bets as well that you can go ahead and lay down some money and try and win some of your own but don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook expert all right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, your host of this program. And just a reminder to those, we are back to daily podcasts. Yes, that's right, Monday to Friday, each and every day. Make sure you subscribe to get the Locked On Leafs podcast directly to your phone uh, and hear my voice. And uh, we're just going to be talking Leafs each and every day throughout the entire year. So, I'm excited for it. We are less than a week away from the start of the regular season as I record this right now. So super excited for it. Uh, But real quick, let's talk about the goaltending before we get into kind of the depth of this team um, and talk about some of the camp battles. But 
right, we could sum it up, I guess, pretty well with the first team. You've got Freddie Anderson <laughs> starting between the pipes, and you've got Jack Campbell as your backup. Um, you know, Anderson's rolling into a contract year, and this team will go as far as Anderson takes them. You know, this is, this is a big year for him and a big year for Toronto, and if he is able to come up big and and win a couple of rounds in the playoffs, maybe he gets that extension from the Leafs in the offseason. But if he doesn't and he falters and his team again ends up in a first-round defeat or worse, doesn't even make the playoffs because he stumbles through the regular season, doesn't finish in the top four, I think it's unlikely, but possible. Anderson's not going to be with the Maple Leafs next season. I can tell you that if that if that's what happens. Uh, as for Jack Campbell... You know he's gonna have to be ready when called upon. I think that he'll be he'll be up for the task. Um, he knows these Western teams well too, right? Coming from the the West, playing with Anaheim and Dallas before coming to Toronto. So I believe that Campbell has has a pretty good uh, idea of what to expect when they take on teams like Edmonton, teams like Vancouver, um, Calgary, Winnipeg. So I wouldn't be too shocked if we see Campbell get a lot of road starts against those teams just because he's seen them uh, more you know, more recently and, and more than Freddie Anderson has. I know that Anderson was in Anaheim a while ago, but I think over the course of the last five years, those teams had so much turnover that they're not even the same teams back when he was over in the West uh, Western Division. But Campbell, uh, I, I think that he's going to be a, a more than adequate backup goalie. Certainly the best backup goaltender that this team has gone into uh, the start of a season in a very, very long time. You think even McElhaney was, what, uh, he was a, a waiver claim, so they didn't even go into that year with him. Um, and then I think they kept him around uh, the, the following year. That was the year that they let him go and kept Garrett Sparks. So... Definitely excited that we are keeping Campbell on board. He has, uh, what, two more years left on his contract or one more after this, and I think Campbell is going to be a big piece of this team and going to have to play a lot of games with this you know, 56-game season in just, what, 100 and 112, 113 days or something like that. So the backup, the number two, is definitely going to get some games this year, and he's going to have to be up for the task. All right, let's look at... Group two uh, and what they look like so far and some of the camp battles that we might see. So group two so far, it's it's Nick Robertson, Pierre Engvall. You got Anderson, who was picked up from New Jersey this past offseason. Nick Patan, Travis Boyd, uh, Brazo, Justin Brazo, Kenny Agostino, Adam Brooks, God Sabrin, Godette and Chartier round out the Fords. And then defensively, you got Marty Marincin and Timothy Lilligren. You got Rosen and Mac Hollowell. And then you've got Timu Kivahalme as uh, as the fifth defenseman in this group. And they've got Aaron Dell and Michael Hutchinson as your group two goaltenders. So is there some battles going on here in camp? I believe there is. And it's a little weird when they're you know, broken up into group one and group two, you would just think, okay, group one is your team and group two more so going to be battling for practice squad spots. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that uh, Nick Robertson certainly is, is, you know, has an opportunity to beat out one of the guys up on the main squad, whether that's an Alex Barabanov, perhaps even a Wayne Simmons proves that he's, you know, can't get it done anymore. And, and he ends up off this, you know, off the, the daily roster, at least he's not going to be an everyday player. And maybe he ends up swapping in and out with Robertson from time to time, or, you know, it becomes a three-way 
you know, a rotation of sorts between a few players and Robertson gets in like every third game or so. So I think that there's certainly some more camp battles that are going on. Robertson, probably the the key one there with those fourth line wingers with, with Barabanov and, uh, and, and maybe Wayne Simmons. I don't know if I want to go there yet. Uh, I think Jimmy VC also, I know technically he's right now being given a spot on the second line, but I don't think he's guaranteed that. I think he's got to prove it in camp that he can hold on to that. It's kind of his job to lose at this point. Nick Robertson could even factor into that uh, that role if he really shows up during camp. And uh, another player who may be battling with Jimmy Vc for that role is going to be Ilya Mikheyev. I know I talked about yesterday how um, they, uh, or uh, not they, but Coach Sheldon Keefe, I don't know why I couldn't think of his name for a second, but Coach Sheldon Keefe said he really wanted to try out this Mikheyev, Kerfoot, and Hyman line, but if Jimmy Vc just ain't getting getting it done on the second line. I mean, you just swap those two together. You put Mikheyev on the second line, and then you have Jimmy Vc drop down, and he plays with Kerfoot and Hyman. I mean, Vc and Kerfoot went to school together back in, in Harvard. They both arguably played the best hockeys of their career back then, certainly had great chemistry. And you add in a smart guy and a talented player like, like Zach Hyman, I mean, that, that line could work as well. So I think that... Kind of that second and third uh, left wing spot are still kind of up for grabs, and there could be some tinkering depending on on how camp goes. And then certainly, you know, Travis Dermott on the back end. Uh, he, as of now, is the seventh defenseman on the depth chart, but definitely that is not set in stone, right? That is that is in pencil and very lightly penciled in. He's going to be battling alongside Bogosian and Lettinen, and you know, there's there's not going to be a long leash for some of these guys. Like I don't know if Bogosian's going to have a very long leash here if he's struggling in camp or or Lettinen. Oh, I've heard nothing but great things about Lettinen. If he does falter towards the end of camp, then maybe they say, ah, maybe we don't you know, play him right away. Maybe he needs a couple more weeks to get acclimated to the NHL style of game. Because, like, remember, there's only 56 games. Each and every one of those are going to be more important than they are in any given year, right? One more loss. Uh, you know, a loss is just amplified even more when it's only a 56-game season compared to an 82. It's it's less opportunity to to win, less opportunity to get more points. And especially since you're playing against guys in your own division where points are up for grabs each and every night. So... Uh, These are going to be some intriguing camp battles. I think those are probably the three that I'm most interested in, Uh, the three that I think are the most high-profile camp battles. I wouldn't imagine that uh, there's really a a battle for the the, number one and two center position. I think it's pretty locked and loaded as Matthews and Tavares. I think Marner and Nylander are locked in as you know, number one and number two right wing spots. The bottom six might have a little bit of shuffling, but, you know, I, I believe that for the most part, this team is pretty much set, uh, written in pen, but there are some some penciled-in spots as well. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll have a chat about what to do with the taxi squad and and kind of give some reasons why you may want a veteran one or you may want some youngsters and rookies. And then we'll also do a little bit of some World Junior Roundup. But first, let me tell you guys all about Rock Auto. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you as we continue our deep dive here into day two of training camp. And, you know, the taxi squads are going to have to be submitted um, in the next week or so. And, you know, it's going to be interesting what the Maple Leafs decide to do with their taxi squad. I know that it's it's going to have to take some thinking because a guy like Nick Robertson, do you want him to go on your taxi squad if you're not ready to play him? Like, if that... If if the lines that are out there right now stay as is, right? You know, you, you have your fourth line kind of set uh, with Barabanov, Spezza, and Simmons. Um, maybe he ends up in, uh, you know, up with Tavares and Nylander. But uh, I don't know if he ends up becoming a, a regular everyday NHLer just yet, at least. And do you want to kind of waste his development? in on the practice squad you know could that hurt him could that harm his development and could that harm a lot of these players developments you know so it's 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 a good question of whether or not you want to have veterans who can kind of just plug and play into your lineup play on your taxi squad or are you going to put your your young guys who are probably better more skilled and somebody who maybe you want to give them a little taste of NHL life but at the same time, you got to be wary about development. So I wonder with guys like Robertson, Sandine, and Lilligren um, mostly, because these are three guys who already have NHL experience, and they've proven that they are adequate enough to play in the NHL. I don't think anybody got overly exposed of that group, but is it is is are they guys who you feel comfortable with just practicing? You know, kind of end up getting that Justin Hall treatment a couple of years ago or Frankie Corrado treatment where you only get in every few weeks or so, right? Like if this team ends up going on a big winning streak, they're not going to want to tinker with their lines. And, and, you know, now you got Robertson just being a practice player. I don't know if I like that so much. So then that, that you know, begs the question, with these top-end prospects who aren't quite ready for a full-time NHL role be better suited elsewhere, whether that's in the AHL or if they're sent overseas for the remainder of the year. I I don't know. That's that's definitely one of the big questions that will be going around within NHL boardrooms, I think. I think the Leafs could go in either direction if they wanted to. Like, Guys like Engvall, Patan, Marincin, Callie Rosen, I believe those are guys who I would feel comfortable enough on my veteran taxi squad that I could just plug and play them whenever they needed to. 
I feel the same about Robertson, Sandine, and Lilligren, but are you hurting their development by keeping them out? Where guys like Engvall, Patam, Rinch, and Rosa, they're already, you know, tapped out as prospects. I, I don't see the further development coming from these guys. Even even Engvall, right? Like, he's, what, 24, 25 years old, I believe. I don't think that he uh, has much more of a of a, a career trajectory upward. I think he's kind of is what he is at this point, a bottom six player who they want to play center, uh, but, you know, maybe better suited on the wing in my opinion. But uh, it's just something that I think is an interesting conversation about what this taxi squad is going to look like. Um, I'm going to be chatting with some guys uh, on this podcast over the next little bit to maybe get their thoughts on what this taxi squad might look like. I know that I'm going to be speaking with uh, Jonas Siegel of The Athletic later this week, and we'll certainly get his thoughts on on these and see if he's hearing anything coming out of Leafs camp about what a taxi squad might look like and the type of players that will end up there. But you know, it's it's definitely going to be a an interesting conversation and an interesting discussion about whether or not they want to chance it and put some of these youngsters on that team at the risk of hindering their development. All right, uh, real quick, let's talk about uh, kind of the World Junior round, uh, Roundup because all six Maple Leafs prospects are now done as the bronze medal game has come to an end. And three prospects claiming bronze. That is Team Finland prospects with Topi Niemela, Roni Irvinen, and Miko Kokkinen. And then three Russian prospects finishing fourth, losing to Finland in the bronze medal game. That's Rodian Amirov, Mikhail Abramov, and uh, Artur Akhtiamov, who barely got any time as uh, as the backup goaltender. But um, I think there were there were three. Maple Leaf, three of these prospects that really impressed me here. Uh, Topi Nimala, he was special. He had a great, great, great um, tournament for the Finns. He was second in scoring on this bronze medal Finns team as a defenseman. Two goals, six assists for eight points. Um, the the game winner or the game tying goal that they had earlier tonight was uh, a, a tip from a Nimala seeing eye shot tipped in. And it was 1-1. He was, he was spectacular throughout the entire tournament. Uh, so Topi Nimala is, is a guy who I'm excited for to see what he can do with the Maple Leafs in the future. Roni Irvinen, another kid who has been exceptional uh, in, the, in this tournament, scored the game winner the other day against Sweden to advance into the gold medal game. Um, he had two goals, four assists, and six points throughout his tournament. And then defenseman Miko Kokkonen, not as much of an offensive threat as as those other two guys are. He had just one assist through seven games in the tournament, but didn't win a bronze medal. So I don't think he's too upset. And then as for the three Russian prospects, uh, Radian Amirov, uh, two goals, four assists for six points, top scorer on the Russian team. Mikhail Abramov, uh, no goals, but did have two helpers in just four games. And then uh, Artur Akhtiamov, just the one game that he ended up playing uh, for the Russians. And right now, Canada and U.S. underway. So tomorrow, I'll be breaking down that game because obviously, this is the Locked On Lease podcast and the Maple Leafs reside in Toronto and Toronto resides in Canada. We are definitely rooting for the Canadians here on the Locked On Lease podcast. And uh, so tomorrow, we'll we'll have a little bit more uh, conversation about that and how that game ended up going down. And I'm hoping that later in the week as well, we'll, we'll have 
after you get Tony Ferrari back on the show and just get his thoughts and opinions on the tournament as a whole. I know that uh, he loves this tournament. I love this tournament, and it's definitely a fan favorite uh, all around the world. So I'm sure you guys would enjoy that uh, that discussion as well. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where all week long the local hosts for each show hop on and do a quick season preview. Uh, I did our preview for today's show, actually, for the Maple Leafs. You can go check that out on the Locked On NHL podcast. Uh, but I'll be back with another episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.